How many people do you know who struggle with their health? Chances are, whether they show it or not, most of the people in your life do. And chances are, you're one of them. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, endometriosis, acne, eczema, autoimmune, thyroid, Lyme, brain fog, fatigue, or any other symptom or condition, you're far from alone. Living with symptoms has become the new normal. So no more guessing games. It's time to get answers. Welcome to the Medical Medium Podcast. I'm Anthony William. Hey, everybody. We're talking about mold. There's a history behind this fungus that can rattle even the best among us. It's a run, run, but you can never hide. With mold, it follows some of us wherever we go to the day we die. Over the years, mold has changed a lot of lives in terrible ways, ruining people's days. And just when you think you got rid of the mold, it pops back out in the corners of the house and stays. Some find mold in their ice cube trays. I know mold can make us lose our minds, but when we understand who mold really is, we can sit back, breathe easy, and take a deep sigh and learn how to finally tell mold good riddance and kiss it goodbye. It's the afternoon. A migraine comes on. You don't recall having one before, not like this anyway. You feel tired, more than usual, and you just don't seem to bounce back by the end of the day. Your body aches, and this seems to continue for days on end, and then weeks, some days better, some days worse. Then comes the doctor's appointment. Game on. What's wrong with me, you say to yourself as you leave your third doctor's appointment. As the months go by, you've already had three diagnoses, ocular migraines, hormone imbalance, fibromyalgia, and you're working on your fourth diagnosis. Up next is a Lyme disease test. And then one of your doctors says the forbidden word, the word of confusion, the word of panic and disbelief, the word of surprise. It could be mold. Now something happens in your brain when hearing that. That's different than your last diagnosis. What is this? Mold? What do you mean? It's one thing to get a diagnosis. Hey, you got fibromyalgia. That's a mystery enough. Fibro is a label for your symptoms that doesn't reveal the cause of why you're sick. Fibromyalgia, eczema, lupus, POTS. It's not an answer, but it's something to grab onto. Autoimmune is another thing. Because you're told your body's the cause. It's attacking itself. It's not correct, but at least you can hang your hat on it. But mold? It's an outside perpetrator in a different way. It's an invader. You can't see it. You can't hear it. And you can't hang your hat on it. Unless it gets out of hand in the shower or under the kitchen sink. But after you clean that up, you're still left with, Why am I so Sick. It has to be that mold. It's in the air. I had the mold company come. They've been doing a regular test. The mold in my house is so much better. It's been remediated. Now, I'm at my new doctor, and he's convinced I have mold inside of me. 
It's one thing to have it in my living space. It's another to think it's in me. What you just heard is one scenario out of dozens and dozens and even hundreds, but they all have common ground. The symptoms change. The variations can change. You go to your first doctor because you don't feel well, and he tests for mold because that's his thing. Everybody who comes and goes out of his office gets a mold diagnosis. With different situations, the symptoms can change. The condition of the person could be so bad they're bedridden versus just getting a headache, which sometimes can be debilitating, but mostly temporary. You have one and then you move on. But some people who have had mold exposure lose their ability to function, live their life, get any kind of chore or task done, and they see 20 doctors. But some people just get irritated sinuses, coughs, their eyes water, chest hurts, but they can still function. And the mold exposure was to blame, or was it? Mold is a trigger. A trigger is something that sets something else off. Mold is bad. It could be agitating. It could be sickening. It's toxic. There are different kinds of molds. Some are really toxic. Some are mildly toxic. And many, not toxic at all. Let's talk about toxic mold. You can have a family of five living in a house together. A water pipe leaks in the wall. It's a slow drip. It goes on for weeks, weeks, and weeks. And then finally, on the edge of the wall, in the room, you see a little moisture. You get somebody to open the wall. They open it, there's black mold in there, everybody screams. The black mold then gets into the air vents. The spores nestle into some nooks and crannies in there, and one member of the household is getting sick. It's usually a woman, the mom. Tightness in chest, fatigue, digestive problems maybe. This leads to more symptoms upon more symptoms. No one else in the house gets sick. Kids are fine. Everybody's acting the same, except mommy's sick. But dad feels great. There are some family members that can live in the mold for years, whether it's in the basement or in a car, and nothing phases them. They're unaffected at all by the mold. They don't get triggered. Black mold is toxic all around, but certain varieties are even more toxic. Why isn't everyone sick who gets exposed? Why doesn't... Everyone get triggered. I'll never forget this doctor friend of mine. We knew each other for about three years, four years on the phone. He would send patients to me, ask me questions of why people are sick. I would send people to him to get medical testing. It was a symbiotic relationship like I've had with so many doctors. One day, I was in his neck of the woods. He invited me over for lunch. I walked through the door of his house and I smelt mold. His house was riddled with it. The first thing I did was I asked him if he knew about it. I said, you know there's mold in here, right? He said, yeah, yeah, it's mildew. I said, mildew? It's awful. It's hard to breathe in here. Air was really thick. It's making me sick. Thinking about it, I was like grossed out. But it would have made someone else really sick, someone who's chemical sensitive. It was the first thing. I thought in my head was, whoa, anyone chemical sensitive or with any kind of condition, this is not a good place for them to be right now. He thought it was funny. He called me a wimp and he said I could have never handled working on cadavers in med school. I would have passed out. I couldn't handle it. 
So he laughed at me again and he said, let's go on a mold hunt. I said, uh-oh, I got scared. So he opened the basement door, turned on the basement light, the creaky steps we were going down. And I was getting nervous because I was smelling more mold and more mold. He turned on another light and there was a whole bunch of closets down there. He took me to one of the closets. He opened the door. There were old clothes on hangers. He had an old pilot's jacket. It was a leather jacket hanging in there. He used to wear it when he used to fly planes after med school. It had green mold all over it. I thought it was a green jacket. I said, is that a green jacket? He said, no, it's a brown leather jacket. I said, dear Lord, that's green mold all over that jacket. He said, that's just one color. He spun the jacket around and it was yellow on the other side. I was in shock. My eyes started wandering around the room, like seeing things, you know, like looking for really scary stuff. And I looked above me on the ceiling and there were pipes running across the ceiling and they were covered in black mold. There was green mold, yellow mold, black mold. I'd never seen anything like it. Looked like there was mold everywhere, like everywhere. I said, Jim, Jim, you know you're eating this stuff, right? Like, you're eating this mold all day long. You know that, right? He made a joke. He smacked me on my back for a second and said, you know, it tastes pretty darn good. It's part of a healthy, fortified, nutritious diet. He said, are you ready for lunch? I said, okay, I guess so. So we walked up the steps. We're heading up there. Now I'm sitting in his kitchen, his kitchen table, and he's making the food. I couldn't think. I couldn't think about nothing. All I could see was mold. Mold in my head. Mold in my mind. Mold in my eyes. I was mold blind. I could see fine, but knew the mold was around. It was there. I saw the fluorescent yellow and green colors in my head on the jacket. That was in my thoughts, kind of racing. It was all in my head, but it was there. And it was all I could think about because I knew it was around. And it was really bugging me mentally. I made a few more jokes about it. I tried to lighten up. I tried to just shake it off, man. Shake it off. You can shake this off, okay? He's a good friend of yours. And, you know, he's a great guy. And he's a brilliant doctor. Brilliant doctor. So what if he doesn't care about all the mold in his house? That doesn't matter. The guy was a surgeon. He then he then he was an internist. Then he was back to surgery. He's a great doctor and uh, great reputation too. So I was like, okay, okay, I could I could just get past this. So I said, hey, can I have some more salad with that mold? He said, sure, coming right up. More mold spore salad dressing for your moldy salad. And then he laughed. But I couldn't laugh. I, I didn't find it funny because the truth is, it wasn't too far from what was really happening. There were mold spores in his homemade salad dressing. Like, there really were. And there was mold spores in the salad he made for me. And lots of them. When I left, I thought about people who I've known who got triggered physically by mold. It devastated them really trigger them into a real sickness. Me? It wasn't physical. I was feeling fine. I just left. I was okay. It was mental. I had PTSD. I just wanted to get out of there, get in my car, 
I couldn't enjoy my lunch. Couldn't enjoy any conversation. When I got home, ripped off my clothes, shoved them in a bag, stuck them outside, hopped in the shower, lost my favorite t-shirt. Jim called later. He asked me if I was okay, how I was doing. I said, hey man, you owe me a shirt. And then he said, when are you coming over next? The little mold is not the end of the world. On the windowsills, the moisture collects. It's a common place. A few drips under the kitchen sink, bathroom sink. It can happen. It's common. Mold between the grout and the shower. Maybe the shower ceiling. That's a common place too. There's a lot of black molds. They're common and they're not the most triggering. There's also a difference between the different black molds and green molds and white molds, some more toxic than others. And anyone can be triggered differently from any mold, different from anyone else, different experiences, because what that mold is triggering inside someone is different for each individual. Why does mold trigger someone into becoming sick, real sick? Because it lowers our immune systems. And when our immune system lowers, it makes us susceptible, vulnerable to something else inside of us that's already there. When mold enters our mouth, nose, eyes, or lungs, the toxic spores stress out our immune system in those areas. These mold spores are neurotoxic. Not neurotoxic where you receive long-lasting chronic neurological symptoms from them. It's a different type of toxin. It never reaches the nerves. Mycotoxins don't have a long-lasting shelf life, at least inside of us. Their neurotoxin doesn't keep going and going and going. It's not like the Energizer Bunny. You have to keep on getting exposure on a continual basis in order for the mold toxin to become a problem. For one, your immune system stops them, but it's tiring to the immune system. The mold can consume the immune system's time and energy depending on how long the exposure is. Is it for one month? Is it for one week? One day? One year? Mold spores are gathered up by immune cells the minute they enter the body, lymphocytes being one of them. They devour mold. It's like whack-a-mole. Spores pop up here. Another one here. Here's a spore here. Spore everywhere. There's a spore here. That's why sleep's important with mold exposure. Immune cells are working double time, triple time, quadruple time to protect your nerves. Why? To stop mold from getting to your brain. Your immune system doesn't care about it going to your gut or in your gut. That's not the place where it matters the most. Plus, your liver has its own way of handling mold. Your liver has its own immune system that devours the mold as it enters it. But your brain? Your brain doesn't have its own immune system. And that's a problem. When those mold spores, they're floating around, your immune system, it's on guard. Looking for mold spores and communicating with other members of the immune system. Hey, hey, there's a mold spore over there. Wait, wait, get him. Oh, he's out of reach. Okay, I'll go this way. I'll go up this vein. Oh, go around that artery. Ah, you're in the capillary. Oh, there he is. Oh, wait, oh, he's got it. He got into the heart. He's getting, oh, whoa, he's getting to the brain. He's getting to the brain. Stop him now. Stop him. Stop him now. Stop him. Stop him. Stop him. Phew. We got him. He didn't make it to the brain. Good job, you guys. All right. There's another one. There's another one. Oh, my God. Another one. Let's get him. Okay. You go that way. I go this way. Oh, okay. No. Oh, yep. You heading to the brain. 
He's heading to the right. We get him. Oh, hey. Oh, phew. Got him again. Oh. Your immune system is catching mold spores all day long if you're exposed to them. Morning, noon, night. Your immune system's doing this. You're sleeping. It's doing it then. In the morning you wake up, it's doing it then. Constantly looking for every mold spore that enters your body. Your immune system gobbles it up, seeks it out, looks for it, and it's all aligned. Your immune system is communicating with your immune system that's communicating with your immune system. They're all working together to stop the mold spores. It's got your back. It always has. It always will. Your immune system knows who you are. It's looking out for you. And it's always going to take the mold spore game as top priority. Knocking them out, whack-a-mole. Its top priority is to get the mold spores over anything else when they enter you. To not let them get to your brain. A big concern out there is mold in our gut. Mycotoxins in our digestive system. But if you're eating the right foods, you can get rid of your gut mold spores on a daily basis easily. And mold spores in the gut aren't the reason why people suffer with symptoms and conditions and fall terribly ill. People can eat mold. They could eat it on their food. They could have it in their house. They could have it on their fingers, put it in their mouth, eat it all the time if it's in the house. When someone has a house or home or an apartment that's infested with mold, they're eating it all the time, and they may never see a symptom in their life. Same way you can have a family of eight and the house is completely riddled in mold and only one person comes down with a sickness. Just one person. Everybody else is fine. Nothing's wrong. Not one symptom. And everybody's eating the mold. It's on the dinner table every single night and enters everybody's digestive system, enters their gut, and only one person comes down with symptoms and everybody else is perfectly fine and nothing's wrong for years. And only one or two people in the family get a symptom and are affected. Maybe you're one of them, or you know somebody that's gone through this, or you've known a family member or a friend that got sick from mold, but everybody else was fine, or a few members of the family were doing great, no one ever got sick. First-time mold exposure could get your immune system to be hyper-responsive hypersensitive. I'm sure my immune system was eating up all those mold spores at my friend's house, but long-term exposure, the immune system has to find a balance. Most of your immune system is managing the mold, while some of your immune system is managing everything else. A virus coming in, a flu, something else. Your immune system starts to perform a juggling act. It's juggling this, it's got a bunch of balls in the air, it's throwing them up. It's like, whoa, 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 okay, we got this virus coming in, we got that bacteria coming in, whoa, UTI coming, what's that, what else is happening? And then you got the mold spores, it's grabbing all the mold spores, and there's a game going on, it's a big juggling act right there. You can live in mold for years until one day, one of those balls in the air drops. Your immune system gets weakened, and something inside of you starts to take advantage. And next thing you know it, Aches and pains, tingles and numbness, dizziness, feeling of being on a boat, ticks and spasms, tightness of chest, anxiety, depression, burning skin, jaw pain, back pain, chronic fatigue, ringing in the ears, insomnia, seeing spots in the eyes, heart palpitations. You can have any of these symptoms even before mold exposure 
but they get worse with mold exposure. And maybe you never had any of these symptoms before mold exposure and it came after because mold exposure is an ultimate trigger. That's what it does. It triggers you into something else because when your immune system is working on the mold, viruses that everybody has can creep up. Bacteria that everybody has can creep up. The most sensitive to mold are women, not men, but women because they use the majority of their immune system to protect their ovaries, their uterus. Menstruation, 80% of the immune system goes to the reproductive system. Ovulation, 40% of the immune system goes to the reproductive system. Pregnancy, 50% of the immune system goes to the baby. And when giving birth, over 90% of the immune system goes to protecting the baby during birth. So when women are exposed to mold, it's an overload. The immune system is like, how am I going to juggle all this? How am I going to multitask this? There's ovulation and menstruation and then, oh, pregnancy. How are we going to do this? And then mold spores coming in left and right. And a large part of the immune system is going to mold spores when a large part of the immune system is supposed to be going to the reproductive system and protecting it. And then meanwhile, the immune system's juggling this, juggling that, juggling the mold, juggling a couple other things, administration, maybe some stress on top of it, some adrenals are running, some emotional hardship between it all, juggle, 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 and then, uh uh-oh, what is that? That's a bug. That's a virus. Where did that come from, the immune system says? I never saw that. Well, didn't see it for a long time. That's an Epstein-Barr virus that was dormant in the liver. And now it's coming out. What do we do? Whoa, juggle, 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 Epstein-Barr, mold exposure, uh, pregnancy. Uh, What do we do? And then Hashimoto's thyroiditis happens. And then, honey, I can't get out of bed. I got fatigue. I don't feel good and my body hurts. Call the doctor. It's common for women to get their first symptoms when exposed to mold because it's the trigger and it's weakening the immune system. They may get tingles and numbness, aches and pains, eye floaters, fatigue, dizziness, brain fog, a lot of different symptoms. And if they already have a symptom, it can worsen from mold exposure. Because when there's a virus present, or even bacteria, then it gets a chance to grow in numbers and create an episode, a symptom, or a condition. Men's immune systems stay even level all the time. Men can destroy their immune systems, run themselves down, burn it to the ground, whatever. But still, it's even all the way through as it's burning and crashing to the ground. And then, yeah, if a man is run down, he could be affected by mold, triggered into sickness. And then a virus can cause fatigue, body pain, frozen shoulder, that's a big one for guys, brain fog, prostate problems, skin issues, weakness of limbs, hives, acne, and more like migraines, tics and spasms, even insomnia, and the list goes on and on and on. So when the mold alarm goes off, there's someone seeing the mold itself in the house or living space, like, what is that? Wait a minute, what is that right there? Is that black dust? That's black dust, right? That's dirt, right? No, that's mold. Wait a minute here. That's why I'm sick. Or a health professional rings the mold alarm and brings it to their patient's attention and says, you got mold. You got a mold problem in your house. That's what I think you got going on. Do you have any mold in your house you know of? Then all the problems the person is suffering from with their health is now all caused by mold. So they're told or convinced. And then 
takes over the mind. I've seen this before. Hello? Uh, you there? Oh, oh, thanks for answering. Hey, yeah, hey, hi. Yeah, I already tried that. I put two parts bleach to ten parts water. I threw some peroxide in there, and I threw some of that lotion in there. You told me it was like a skin lotion that might be good for mold. I threw that in there, too, into the bucket. Wait, what? Soap, too? What kind of soap? Uh, I don't know about that type of soap. Uh, put it in the bucket with everything? I got the air cleaners, yeah. The UV light one. You know, the UV light one with the lights? Yeah, I got two of them. I sprayed a can of that under the sink already. I also sprayed that under the sink the other day, too. The bathroom sink, too? I forgot about the bathroom sink. What? Did it smell like mold? No. Well, I came home from the store, and I thought I smelled mold, but then I didn't smell mold, but then I thought I smelled mold. It turns out I cook, was cooking something on the stove earlier. Huh? What was I making? I, I don't know. I was cooking something. Hey, I opened the fridge, and I thought I saw some black spots. Is that mold? Uh, scrub it? Uh, do a sniff test? Uh, okay. Uh, how do you do it? Is that like the scratch and sniff with the old books? You scratch and sniff, and you smell it like you scratch an orange on the page, and it smells like an orange? No. I scratched it. It came off. It was black mold. Yeah, I threw my tuxedo out. It smelled like mold the other day. I told you that. I kind of feel sick today. I think there's still mold in here. Unless someone experienced it themselves, they have no idea on how frustrating it really is. It could take over the mind. It could consume your life and every thought. Unless you've experienced it yourself, you don't know. Can a real toxic mold make you feel sick? Yeah. It can. It can cause a tickle in the throat, itchy ears, energy loss, runny nose, headache, scratchy throat, irritability, and in worst cases, mild fatigue that only lasts when you're around the mold itself. But if you're away from the mold, the mild fatigue goes away instantly, and many of the other symptoms go away too. Can it put you in bed with severe neurological symptoms? No, it can't. Not on its own merit. Not by itself. But it can trigger a virus. And that virus can put you in bed. And once a virus is triggered, it doesn't matter if you get away from the mold, you still stay sick until you address the viral issue. This is different than just a toxic mold causing scratchy throat, runny nose, and a headache, and then goes away when you get away from the mold. And in some cases, mold can trigger bacterial infections like UTIs, sinus infections, sinusitis, bladder infections, kidney infections, sore throats, ear infections, strep throat, styes, bacterial vaginosis, SIBO, bloating, IBS, which seems to be candida issues too. It'll trigger anything like that. These are all caused by streptococcus bacteria. Even though the medical system doesn't know it's all strep-related or strep-caused, they do know about the strep throat, but all these bacterial infections are caused by strep, and strep gets triggered by mold. It's one of the big things, too. But mold does not cause these conditions on its own. It simply lowers the immune system, allowing the streptococcus bacteria that everybody has inside of them to come out and play and take advantage of the lowered immune system. It's like, come out, come out wherever you are, and then that streptococcus comes out the minute the immune system's being lowered. That's how mold works. It doesn't mean these symptoms will just go away quick when you get away from the mold. They may stick around once the bacteria has been triggered. And I think that's really hard for people because they don't know they got this bacteria or even virus. And it's why they're still sick. But they're away from the mold. And they're like, that darn mold 
has ruined my life. And really, there's a way to come back from this. There's a way to heal and get your life back. But it does help to get away from the mold so that your immune system has recouping time, which can give you an edge in healing both viral and bacterial conditions. If someone can't get away from the mold, then we focus on building up their immune system so you can live with the mold and still recover. The mold today is not the same mold as yesterday. The mold in the 1800s when a roof leaked is not the same mold you see when your roof leaks. They are entirely different. Mold has changed from the 1700s to 1800s till now. The Industrial Revolution is why we have the bad mold today. Toxic chemicals, chemical plants, industries releasing man-made chemicals into the air through all the smokestacks and all the factories for all the years, and then the birth of pesticides and herbicides, and then mold started getting out of hand. The industries were witnessing it. Mold was showing up in weird places and not going away. The industries were witnessing it in front of their eyes. They were seeing it take over and grow in their factories. The more chemicals created, burned, and released into our water systems and our sky, the stronger mold became. And then the big mistake was made. The chemical industry created the fungicide, the dastardly conception. The idea was to kill mold by creating a mold killer. But it backfired. It made mold stronger and certain molds even stronger and stronger. In the last 80, 90 years, they became super molds, fungicide resistant. Just like antibiotics have created superbugs that are antibiotic resistant, like MRSA, C. diff, Superstaph, and now Superstrap from over antibiotic use. They started out with penicillin, now we have dozens and dozens of antibiotics, different strengths, different kinds. They did the same thing to fungicide. They had to. They had to make it stronger and stronger and stronger. The age-old mistake. Try to fix the problem by not fixing the problem, by making the problem worse. Create more fungicide. Try to kill off the fungus that they created. And it keeps on going. These days, you can't make clothing without coating it with fungicide because it could go moldy right after manufacturing. Everything is coated in fungicide. And fungicide is in everything. It's on new beds, it's in new cars, new couches, furniture, new carpets, new technology, appliances, packages and boxes, office supplies, cosmetic packaging, practically everything. Why? Because the new mold will grow on anything now, and the industries know it. If you pay attention, you can smell the fungicide. It smells like perfume or cologne. Fungicides are in plug-in air fresheners and scented candles because that chemical oil residue in those comes off the air fresheners out of the scented candles and lands on the walls and grows mold. The fungicide is there to help stop grow the mold because the industries know mold could grow. That oily film coats everything and traps moisture and mold loves chemicals and moisture. Fungicides sit in perfumes and colognes so that the perfume and cologne can sit in the bottle for years, forever, without growing a jellyfish in the bottle, a jellyfish of mold and fungus. Fungicides are everywhere. They're hidden from us, too. When you call for a lawn treatment for your property, whether it's an insecticide treatment for ticks or mosquito treatment or some kind of bug that eats your grass or chemical fertilizer, there's fungicides all in that treatment everywhere. Cities, states, towns, spray it on the side of roads, parks, around buildings. It's endless. 
I'm not talking about mold killer in a can you could buy. This is a whole nother game. And the fungicides are damaging to our health. And they're everywhere all over the place dropped on us. They're dropped on us in low-flying planes and helicopters, mostly helicopters, real low in the sky, flying low at night. This isn't chemtrails. These are fungicides dropped on us at certain times of the year to try to stop mold from growing everywhere. It's gotten real bad. They created super molds, and you're not supposed to know this. It works like weed killer. Weed killer, you use it to kill weeds. They die off. Then they get stronger. Then they don't die off. They get immune to it. Need a stronger weed killer. Happens over and over again. Same goes with fungicides. The molds that don't die off get stronger and stronger. They get immune to the fungicide. They're dropping on us, spraying in parks, spraying on the side of highways. Then you need a stronger and stronger fungicide to stop the mold. Mold runs on a frequency, energetic, a vibration, radio frequencies, EMF, because chemical plants have tremendous amount of power running through them. They're like power stations. To create chemicals, you need to generate a lot of power. And they have testing labs where they're raising dangerous molds because they need to because they have to create a fungicide to kill the mold. Then trying to exterminate them with that fungicide with their new makes and models of fungicides. These test molds are born and bred around a tremendous amount of EMF and high voltage and radio signals. It becomes the environment the mold adapts to. It needs it and prefers to survive and thrive. And they let the mold out by not being careful, and the rest is history. These become the new super molds that are out there, and they create more fungicide, they're spraying it everywhere. Like I said, it's on new clothes, it's on bedding, it's on pillows, it's on everything, all the furniture. It's to stop this mold from taking over. It was never like this in the past 1700s, 1800s with the original molds we had on Earth. The new molds we have today are crazy molds. They thrive on cell tower frequencies. Doesn't mean to throw away your cell phone. It has nothing to do with your phone. You can throw away all your devices and that cell tower beam is still going to be going through your house, your building, from the tower straight through, waiting for you to get more devices. The cell tower frequency signal is still there. It's not going away. And that's what mold resonates to. EMF also keeps mold alive. And yes, 5G is going to be a big mold manufacturer, the mold grower. People always ask me about 5G and what I'm saying now is it will keep mold happy, that's for sure. But that doesn't mean you can't defend yourself and beat mold, even with 5G happening. Toxic mold loves to grow on things that are not natural. It loves to grow on things that have some kind of industrial chemical, like a piece of furniture, wallboard, carpet, anything. Or a towel or blanket that was treated with multiple chemicals after manufacturing. Toxic mold has learned how to feed on chemicals, absorb them to make them grow. If gasoline sat in a tank long enough, a fungus would grow in the middle of the tank. And keep in mind, nothing could live in gasoline but mold. Any creature on the planet or insect would die very quickly if sitting in gasoline. A human cannot bathe in a bathtub filled with gasoline. They would die in the bathtub. A bird can't sit in gasoline. It would die quickly. You can't put a fish in gasoline. It would die instantly. But toxic fungus will grow and prosper. Which leads us to the next thing to talk about. As the helicopters certain times of the year in different parts of the world drop fungicides on us, way above them are planes dropping mutated fungus in the chemtrails on us. So one is dropping fungus while one is dropping fungicide. 
The reason helicopters drop fungicide is because the same helicopters first drop mosquito spray. The mosquito spray lands on the roof of everybody's house and buildings. Mosquito spray grows fungus quick, the toxic mold. So they have to then drop fungicide to control it, but it doesn't work. Then somebody gets a leaky roof. The mold grows fast. The mold wasn't inside the attic. It was on the roof and came in with the water leak. Yes, mold is a problem. But when mold only affects two people in a household out of six, there's a reason. When mold only affects one person out of five, there's a reason. When mold doesn't affect anyone in a household of five, there's a reason. The same mold can affect someone enough to have them bedridden while it only affected the other person to have a few headaches. The reason? Mold is a trigger. Is mold toxic? Yes. But it's still a trigger, which gives us more control over mold, taking back our lives. When we deal with the underlying causes that mold is triggering, we can fight our way back and still live with mold if we had to. Because a lot of people don't have it easy and have to live with their mold and make friends with their mold. There is a way to build our immune systems, conquer our health problems, and disable mold at the same time. Mold tests for humans are never accurate. The gray area is vast, landscape uncharted. The results are assumptions, guessing games, and even theories. Doesn't mean to not try. It just means finding mold in your bloodstream is not something that's easily done. And looking for elevated inflammatory markers, looking for inflammation, is not an answer to if you have mold or not, or if mold is causing your problem. The reason why someone gets inflamed from what seems to be toxic mold exposure is because their inflammation is caused by a viral infection or even bacterial, but gets misconstrued as a mold exposure problem when mold just lowered their immune system so the pathogens could cause the inflammation. So let's talk about mold chasing. Mold chasing happens when someone has symptoms like fatigue, brain fog, focus and concentration problems, tingles, numbness, body pain, or a bunch of other symptoms. It could lead you to see multiple doctors for years, like it's done for so many. And then you find this one doctor that looks for mold, and it kind of goes like this. Mr. Ferguson, Mr. Ferguson, the doctor will see you now. Uh, what? I have mold? So the test came back positive? So, wait a minute, let me just get this straight. There's mold in my body? Where, my lungs? Or... My gut? In my bloodstream? All three? How do you know? It says it? It's positive? Huh. Is there any mold in my house? I don't know. So I should check my air vents, my heater, uh, my refrigerator, my sinks? Oh, I could do that. Look in the closets. My inflammation is up. So it's definitely mold, right? That's what my fatigue is? Huh. Wait a minute, I remember a moldy piece of cheese in the refrigerator, and I had a moldy piece of pastrami in there too. Uh, I had a rotten egg in there last year, and a carton of sour milk was in there too long, and I took a trip, and I came back, and it like turned into something. Is that what you mean, or no? This is worse than that, right? Even if you test it positive for mold, doesn't mean that's why you're so sick. And the mold-chasing doctor who took their cue from another mold-chasing doctor has you now chasing mold. And in most cases, people don't have any more mold in their house than anybody else does. And they're not sick, so the confusion starts. It's a well-intentioned, well-meaning doctor who's looking for answers. 
and bought into a theory from a mold-chasing doctor and then from another mold-chasing doctor. And the theory is, that's what's making you so sick, even long after you've been away from the mold. And since mold is really toxic and is a problem, then it only makes sense. It's got to be mold. No one likes mold. Who likes mold? And mold is really toxic. Mold is not a theory. It's devastated a lot of people. It's ruined lives. It's haunted people, caused a lot of problems, disbelief, and horror. But mold is a theory when it comes down to blaming all of our neurological symptoms on it and not understanding why we have these symptoms and then saying, hey, it's got to be the mold. Even in the most mildest cases of mold to extreme cases of mold, it's always the mold. That's the reason why you're sick. And this theory and finger pointing was born out of a place of not knowing that viruses cause all these neurological symptoms that people suffer with. The fatigue, the aches and pains, mystery body pains, neck pain, back pain, head pain, ticks and spasms, burning skin, jaw pain, ringing in the ears, floaters in the eyes. It's not mold. It's viruses that were triggered by mold, weakening the immune system or other triggers combined, like not just mold, but maybe some mercury fillings, maybe some toxic heavy metals, maybe some emotional stress and hardship, but all of it combined. And mold, that's the big kicker. That's a huge, huge trigger, one of the biggest. But I've seen people chase mold for like a decade, and then even more than that. And then they get to a Lyme doctor, and now they got Lyme disease, and the Lyme doctor doesn't even care about hearing about mold. Because he's all into Lyme disease, and that's what he thinks. We look for things that we get interested in. That's what a lot of different specialists and doctors do, because science and research never taught the doctors about the epidemic of viruses creating all the chronic illness and never taught anybody about the dangerous triggers, like mold being the trigger. So they have to look somewhere, and mold is the perfect place to go. It's not the cause, but it's a bad trigger. They don't know it's a bad trigger. They're onto something. They're sniffing. They see something. It's mold. They think they're sniffing it out. They get close. They get closer. Almost there. Closer. But no cigar. Let's talk about fruit mold. It's a harmless mold. It's an entirely different kind of mold. It's there to break down something that's decaying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You got me. You got me. I get it. I like fruit and fruit's got mold, and that's one of the things that doctors even say, stay away from fruit. It's moldy, other people too. It confirms your suspicion about fruit and me, because I gotta be wrong. But wait a minute, did you ever think about this? All food gets moldy. Hey, I saw a pack of strawberries in the fridge. There was a lot of white moldy stuff on them. I threw them out. Wait, what else is in here? A piece of cheese. It's got mold on it too. Oh my God. All right, I better throw that piece of cheese out. Um, oh, I didn't eat this piece of lettuce in time. This lettuce got moldy. No one told me lettuce would get moldy. I better throw that out. Hey, wait a minute. This broccoli got moldy. I guess it's not fresh. I thought only fruit got moldy. That's what I was told. Wait. There's some hamburger in here. Oh, hamburger meat is actually moldy. It was brown last week. Now it's green. I've heard for years, fruit's bad. It gets moldy. Stay away from it. What people don't realize is every vegetable gets moldy. 
every green, every lettuce, every vegetable of any kind, all of it, you know? So don't even eat fresh vegetables because that gets moldy too. You know, the mold that naturally occurs and breaks down fruit, vegetation, leafy greens, wild foods, herbs, vegetables, and plant matter is the safest mold there is. Don't eat it. I'm not saying to eat it. I wouldn't, but it's safe. But the mold growing on a piece of raw meat or hamburger meat or chicken or cheese is a lot different of a mold than plant matter mold. Mother Nature's way of breaking down vegetation is different than Mother Nature's way of breaking down meat, animal products, chicken. It's a different type of mold. It's more aggressive and way more toxic because that's mold to break down body parts, byproducts, animal products. I wouldn't eat that mold for sure. But think about this next time you see something growing on a strawberry. Remember this, mold on food is not the same mold that's in the attic, in the basement, in dark corners, underneath the sink. Entirely different molds. They're not the same. Most of the molds we deal with now that are problematic are mutated. They've adapted to toxic chemicals and electronic frequencies and technology sources. Most of these molds have become immune to fungicides. This isn't the same mold naturally occurring on a strawberry or food. Don't get them confused. I want to give you guys some tools to fight mold. Naturally, the first place to go is to strengthen your immune system. If you're someone that's really affected by mold, it's triggered you bad, then we need to address what it's triggered. Viruses and bacteria, the underlying cause. Antivirals and antibacterials are very important. So let's talk antiviral minerals, nutrients, herbs, wild foods, fruits, leafy greens, and vegetables. Keep in mind, most of these are tools that are antifungal and they fight fungus internally, mold. These are some of the tools that I would use personally if I had mold exposure. Zinc, it's the first one right there. Everyone's zinc deficient. Zinc deficiency doesn't help an immune system that's already laboring, like laboring from mold. Anything that challenges your immune system can knock it down if your zinc is low, and mold challenges it. Mold doesn't like zinc. It's allergic to it, suspends it, slows it down. Zinc strengthens your immune system so it can gobble up the mold. Zinc sulfate is best. You can visit my website for the one that I would use. It's a resource for those who want to know what supplements I trust for myself, my friends, and my family. You can ask your doctor what works for you, what's good for you. Quality matters, especially when it comes to zinc. You don't want one with preservatives and fillers that cancel out the good it's doing for you. So let's talk about lemon balm. Another antiviral and antibacterial also helps balance and stabilize the nerves. Symptoms associated with mold are mostly neurological. I would consider listening to the Neurological Symptoms episode if you get a chance. Lemon balm strengthens the immune system. You can do the lemon balm tea or the tincture. Look out for alcohol, that's bad. Natural flavors, that's bad. Citric acid, casea gum, ignore those. Stay away from them. Check the directory at medicalmedium.com for a safe option. The next tool, spirulina. If you're someone worried about mold inside the body, this is a gentle way of helping assist mycotoxins out of the bloodstream. A little bit goes a long way with mold. Spirulina is a powerful wild food source. Vitamin C, that's a really big one right there. Helps keep the immune system strong. Like if it was me with mold poisoning and I had it, I'd be on a lot of vitamin C. 
helps to clean mold spores out of the bloodstream. It can reduce toxicity levels. The one I use, that's the Micro-C. Let's talk about B12 for a minute. Helpful in supporting the entire body when underneath any kind of trigger, especially mold. Mold weakens the immune system and then viruses come out causing the symptoms, the neurological symptoms. So mold's the ultimate trigger, but B12 is helpful for the nervous system. Adenosilcobalamin and methicobalamin, that's the combination that's best. That's the combination I use. And then there's cat's claw. I really love cat's claw. It's an antiviral, antibacterial. I've helped a lot of people with it over the years. That's an important one because when mold triggers something, you want the cat's claw there to back you up. So the best cat's claw is one without preservatives, any of that natural flavoring or citric acid or alcohol. You want to keep that out of there. When a trigger breaks down the immune system, cat's claw can help clean up the mess, goes after the viruses. Let's talk about rosemary, the herb, fresh. Bring it fresh into your life. Chop it up, put it in your dishes, add it to your salads. Maybe make the medical medium healing broth. Check that out at medicalmedium.com. Use your rosemary, put it in the broth. It's really helpful when dealing with mold exposure. Rosemary is antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial. When you bring it into your life, that's what you're bringing in. Antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal. Those are the critical keys right there. You got the mold, that's the fungal. You got the viruses and bacteria, that's the problem there. You're doing something about it. You can use rosemary essential oil in a diffuser. No more than 30 minutes a day, that's fine. You could do less. If you really feel like doing more, you can. You're releasing rosemary in the air. It can help destroy mold spores that's floating. Let's talk about sage. Add fresh sage leaves to your salads and other dishes. You can chop it up, throw it in your stir fries, put it on top of your salads, put sage anywhere you can. Put sage in the medical medium healing broth. Help to strengthen your immune system with sage. Sage has phytochemical compounds that help to disarm mold spores when they're in the kidneys or in the intestinal tract. Spinach, arugula, kale, mustard greens, lettuces, dandelion greens, leafy greens, and herbs. Bring these leafy greens and herbs into your life to help support your central nervous system with trace minerals. Let's talk about leafy greens and leafy green herbs. Spinach, it's a leafy green. Arugula, that's an herb. Kale, mustard greens, lettuces, dandelion greens, that's another herb. Cilantro, another herb. Bring these leafy greens in to help support the central nervous system with trace mineral salts. Also help restore the immune system by feeding it specific phytochemical compounds that only leafy greens and leafy green herbs possess. And then there's celery juice. Are you guys doing your celery juice? It's herbal medicine. If you're new here, you found the home of celery juice. The sodium cluster salts that are in celery juice disarm mold spores, even killing them on contact inside the bloodstream and organs. These sodium cluster salts in celery juice travel down the intestinal tract, flushing mold out of the body. Has to be alone on an empty stomach, don't add anything to it, not even ice or lemon. 16 to 32 ounces daily. Many varieties of mold are high in toxic heavy metals. You could bring in the medical medium heavy metal detox smoothie, or even do the medical medium heavy metal detox cleanse. It's in cleanse to heal. As it's gathering toxic heavy metals throughout the intestinal tract and bloodstream, by default, it can grab mold spores themselves that can harbor the toxic heavy metal inside of them. You can go to medicalmedium.com for the free recipe 
where you can do the medical medium heavy metal detox cleanse and cleanse to heal. You can get it free at the library. Potatoes. Let's talk about potatoes. People with mold exposure can be hypersensitive and chemical sensitive. Potatoes are a gentle, antiviral, antibacterial food. They help address the underlying problem. They offer ample amounts of glucose, which is a critical component needed to battle mold exposure. Glucose supports the central nervous system. Radishes, slice them up. Use them as dipping tools for dressings. Chop them up, put them on salads, potato dishes, put them in stir fries. Sulfur compounds in radishes help to disarm mold spores by weakening and binding onto them, interfering with the mold's ability to communicate with other mold spores. Radishes are antiviral, the very thing needed when dealing with a mold issue. Winter squashes, acorn, delicata, kombucha, sweet dumpling, butternut, red curry. Cut them in half carefully, steam or bake them. They help strengthen the nervous system and immune system. Apples. Pectin in apples help to gather mold spores out of the intestinal tract, traps them with sticky binding nature. Oranges. Vitamin C and calcium help strengthen the immune system and nervous system. And the pectin in oranges helps to bind onto mold spores in the small intestinal tract and colon and take it out of the body. Pears. The grainy, fibrous little pieces of pulp inside pears bind onto mold spores in the intestinal tract and draws them out of the body too. Let's talk about things to avoid. Avoid alcohol, lowers the immune system. Avoid gluten, corn, eggs, dairy, soy, nutritional yeast, apple cider vinegar, whey protein powder. Some of these things feed viruses and bacteria and lower the immune system. Some of these, like nutritional yeast, will grow mold faster, essentially feeding mold. Let's talk about the organite pyramid. Another tool for mold. Mold runs on a frequency that it's adapted to. Cell tower signals, radio signals, EMF, power plants, power stations. If you place a glass of milk 20 yards from a power station, the rapid rate mold would grow in that milk would be astonishing. I would not recommend doing this. You don't want to get too close to that kind of power. It disrupts cells in the body. Organite pyramids disrupt these frequencies so that mold spores can't easily receive them. It helps to disengage mold spores' ability to resonate, vibrate in the harmony that mold spores like. It throws mold off, weakens it, disarms it when it's floating in the air. There are organite pyramids, towers, necklaces. Choose something that calls out to you. If it calls out to you, then it was made for you. The organite pyramids and necklaces have to have the copper inside of them. The copper confuses the frequency between the mold spore and the source that's emitting it. Keep in mind the goal with healing from mold sickness is really a goal to reduce a viral or bacterial load in the body that's causing the more serious symptoms and conditions. Mold is just a trigger. The more mold, the bigger the trigger. Here's a bonus tool. Keep a lot of living plants in the house. They help to break the EMF frequency that mold thrives on. Also consider growing sprouts on the kitchen counter. Alfalfa, red clover, broccoli sprouts, radish sprouts. These also help with the frequency change that stops mold from growing and growing. It's important to keep an eye on mold and to know where you stand with it. Do what you can to get it out of your life with your best ability and resources. With that said, we also have to be careful we don't chase mold into a rabbit hole. We can get lost chasing mold. 
We can get lost running from mold. There are thousands of varieties in growing. It's enough to make our heads spin, us knowing. When we keep our eye on the target, which is the very things that mold triggers, then we can gain control over our lives and not allow mold to make us feel like we're going to die. As we run from mold, let's remember not to let it run us off the cliff. We're better where we are. Try to keep your feet on the ground. You can beat mold in many ways and still be safe and sound. It's an instigator, a relentless antagonizer, what seems to be the never-ending crazy maker because it's a hider, a hidden mover and shaker. What we need is some leverage against this silent perpetrator. As we're seeking help, we look for a delegator, one to solve the problem, to help us rise above it all in an elevator. There's no need to be hasty. The last thing you are is lazy, but you need a quick defense, one that makes long-term sense. You don't have to keep sitting on the fence. Science and research never had any common sense. We need to get you out of the trench, a helping hand to get us out of the mycotoxin quicksand. No one understands how this troublemaker has the power to take down a man, but only if he doesn't know that this toxin doesn't run the show and there's a way to limit its power hour to hour so it can never take permanent hold. It's not a ruler. It can't make it be its sidekick forever. There is a way to get it out the door, put your hand up, and say never, ever. You can live life with it or without it. You don't have to be afraid of it. It can't crucify you no longer. Hold you hostage till you say uncle while being held underwater. You don't have to bow down to it until it dispels you. Run and hide until it finds you. Playing games until it reassigns you. It's a film, but you won't let it film you. You can't use a conventional pill. That won't cure you. There's a way to fight this demon, to not fear it no longer, as it's calling you out for treason. You're not its yes man. It's not your hit man. Without it, you can live again. You can use natural means that build within and make new friends. Ones that don't stab you in the back, twist a knife and pretend. Mold has no control over you. It's not a dark angel. You won't let it trick you out in hopes you're through. You know its angle. No need to marry it and say, I do. It's all right if you don't know the reason. It's not the taker of you. You will take it down, kick it while it's on the ground, till it's seething. Just because it's an invisible entity, it has no power over your mind. There will be serenity. There is a way to bring your life back and not let it take your spiritual sanity and physical humanity. You can rise out of the ashes. See, I believe in you, and I know you can heal.